Hey, welcome to the House Seats Podcast. I'm Sasha, your rambling, ridiculous host. I'm actually in the car, which you can probably hear. I don't know if you can even hear me. Maybe I should test if you could hear me in this car before I continue to do this. But the problem is I'm in the middle of moving right now. And although I have things to say about things I've seen, I haven't had time to sit down and record at my computer. Let's give this a test and see if this actually works, but, uh, yeah. Okay, so I'm back. I tested it, and even though you can hear the fact that I'm in the car, you can also hear me, which is what's important. So, I am driving back into the city, and since the last time I recorded a podcast, which was a hot second ago, but it's gonna be a lot more often soon, because school starts in a week and a half, and I have a feeling I'm gonna be reading a lot of plays, wait not a feeling, a knowledge that I'm going to be reading a lot of plays because that's what you do when you're studying theater in master school. Anyway, um, the whole point of this was to have an outlet to talk about the things that I see and the things that I read and comparisons and how history repeats itself in theater and whatnot because if you're going to be studying the history of theater and then seeing current theater, yada, yada, yada. So look out for that. If you're interested in theater history, I'm going to probably be talking a lot more about that. But right now we're going to talk about theater current. And by theater current, I don't mean Hamilton, unfortunately. As much as I would love to dedicate an entire podcast to Hamilton right now, I feel like there's a slightly more pressing matter on my brain and I need to just record this and get it done so I can post it and feel like I have gotten my soapbox off my chest even though I think you're supposed to stand on a soapbox and not put it on your chest, whatever. So here's the situation. A couple of weeks ago, I saw Amazing Grace. Yep, the musical about the guy who wrote the song Amazing Grace, that really super beautiful song that everyone loves, but is wholly associated with, well, holy things like Christianity and religious right and crazy things like that. Okay, so I saw the show and I went into the show expecting that it was going to be not good. Why did I go into the show expecting it was going to be not good? Because that's what everyone was saying. Everyone was saying it was terrible and although I try to keep my ear away from what people are saying before I see shows, sometimes you just can't help what you're hearing and on top of not being able to help what I was hearing, I hadn't seen enough around about it to know yay or nay on that opinion. So I go into the show with a kind of lower expectation anyway. It's always a little heartbreaking to enter the Nederlander because that's where Rent lived and that's where my theater existence kind of began. Um, But I went in and I saw it with one of my roommates, Karen, and we actually really liked it. That's the weird thing. The thing is, is that it's not a bad show. It's not even a mediocre show. It's a pretty good show. Um, It's got some downsides like anything does, but it's really moving and quite beautiful. And I think definitely worth watching, especially because there are a lot of human rights aspects to the story. I'm not going to give it away because this isn't a review. This is something else. But, um, you know, it's something that's definitely worth seeing, especially in this day and time when a lot of race issues are being discussed and the entire story is kind of one big race issue. So anyway, as I am sitting there in the show, I'm flipping through, or pre-show, excuse me, before the show starts, I'm flipping through the playbill and so's Karen and she leans over to me and she says, the woman in front of us is the lead producer. And I said, what? Because I have 
been a fan of theater for a long time, and then I have worked in theater for a considerable amount of time, considering how short my life is thus far, and I kind of know the leading players in theater, not know them like I'm friends with them, like know their names enough to recognize their names and recognize their faces. So she says, that's what the woman talking to her, how she introduced her to her friend. And I was like, how interesting. So we're sitting there and we're not listening to what they're talking about, but I start flipping through the playbill to find this woman's bio. Okay, well, she has some off-Broadway credits and things, but she, her last name is Copeland and she's not like someone that I'm familiar with. I obviously don't know her, but I'm also not familiar with her name or her credits. So I think to myself, huh, Copeland. Well, for those of you who are listening to this because you're theater fans, which should really be the only reason you're listening to this unless you're my mother, um, it, you know, Copeland is a pretty famous name in the quote-unquote religious world. Now, a little background here. I grew up in an extremely religious household. My mother is a religious person. My stepfather is a religious person. His family is super religious. His dad was a pastor. And we grew up going to church every Sunday. And, you know, that was a humongous part of our life. And my mom also used to have a medical television show on a Christian radio, or a, well, yeah, Christian radio station, but also a Christian television station. So just by nature of being a curious child in a Christian household, I heard the names of these things all the time. And I know what you're saying right now, like, how in the world did she end up doing what she's doing? What a turn of events. I know, it's crazy, right? Well, whatever, my mom loved Broadway, and she taught me that too. So although I don't participate in the religious right as an adult, I was a part of that world as a child so much that the names are very familiar to me. So Kenneth Copeland is a person who is very well known in the religious world. So I see the last name Copeland and I think to myself, huh, I wonder if they're related. Well, fast forward, it turns out I don't think they are, but that's neither here nor there. So that got my mind ticking and I think, well, that's interesting. And the other lead producer on the show is something called Amazing Grace LLC. And it's just a group of people who they thank for having pitched in to Amazing Grace. Wonderful, fine. We have investors all over Broadway and it's wonderful. This looked to be set up a little bit differently. I don't know what kind of fundraising they did. I actually don't care what kind of fundraising they did. Whatever it takes to get your show on its feet, you do that and you have a good old time. As long as you're not hurting anyone, go forth and produce theater, you know? But anyway, so I think this whole Copeland thing, and the fact that it's a religious show, it all sounds in my mind like it should tie together. So after I get out of the show and I've enjoyed it, I decide to call my stepfather on the phone because he currently works at a religious television station. I'm not gonna name it because I don't wanna put anyone on blast, but there it goes. He works for a Christian television station. So I say to him, I say, um, you know, I just saw Amazing Grace. And because my brother and I are theater people, I guess if you want to call that it that. Shout out to the Theater Peter People podcast with Patrick Hines. Hey, what's up, dude? Love you. Um, so because we are theater people, my stepfather has a tendency to keep up with the goings-on of theater. Like after I saw Hamilton the other day, he heard from my mom that I saw Hamilton and he immediately called me the next morning to ask how it was. So even though he works at this television station, he's, he tries to stay up on theater things. So I figured he would have heard about Amazing Grace. And I said to him, you know, I just saw Amazing Grace. And he goes, what's that? And I was like, huh? So here's my first point of confusion. My first point of confusion is that despite the fact that I am a theater fan, a theater lover, a theater 
whatever you want to call me, obsessive, I didn't see anything about Amazing Grace prior to seeing it. The only things I knew about it were the negative reviews that my friends were giving me and the fact that they have uh, an awesome green captain and I work at the Broadway Green Alliance and so we talk to their green captain. That is all I knew. That is not enough. You need to, first of all, when you have a show, you have to market to someone. And my question is, if they're not marketing to me, the theater fan, and they're not marketing to my stepfather, the religious right, who are you marketing your Christian Broadway show to? That's my first question. So when he, when I found out that he didn't know anything about this show, I was perplexed um, because he is the producer of a major television station. And why did they not uh, call these people to say, we have a religious Broadway show with these awesome performers. Let us sing on your TV station. I mean, like, to me, that sounds like a no-brainer. That should have been their first call after Broadway.com or Playbill, you know. You call the New York Times, you call Playbill, you call Broadway.com, and then if you're a Christian show, you call the Christian television stations. I mean, I just think that sounds like duh. But apparently they didn't think it sounded like duh because he didn't know about it. Fine, okay. So I start explaining the show to him, and I say, you know, I don't want to give a lot away. And he goes, oh, yeah, I saw the movie. I was like, oh, great. You know, I've never seen the movie, so I didn't know what to expect. It was really surprising and wonderful. And even though I don't consider myself a religious person, I really found joy in this show, and it was beautiful, and I was moved and brought to tears, and so was Karen, and we loved it, and it was just, it was really, really great, and I'm telling him this, and he goes, oh, that's wonderful, because it's about time that Broadway got back to its moral roots and away from all of this crazy, and I can't even remember what he said, but he said something absolutely ridiculous, and I said what I always say to him, because this is a common conversation for us, where, you know, he thinks he that Broadway is supposed to be whatever. Maybe he thinks it's all meant to be Amazing Grace. I actually don't know. And I don't, I don't want to get into that because it's not your problem what our conversations are. But um, I said to him, I said, well, let me stop you because I feel like you have a crazy misconception. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, Broadway has never been a moral place overall. I mean, there are morality plays, if you will, but since the inception of theater, it's been a very subversive kind of wicked and crazy thing. I mean, from Liz Estrada to Book of Mormon and everything in between, and the fact that vaudeville and, and all the Broadway theaters were originally full of showgirls that were half naked. I was like, where do you see this crazy morality that you think is a thing on Broadway? It's not. And I was like, actually, you know, this wholesome thing is, is kind of fairly new. This wholesome, like having kid friendly or family friendly shows is a completely new thing. So we have this discussion. He goes, well, maybe it's time that it goes that way. And I was like, okay, it's time for me to get off the phone before I get frustrated and start going crazy. So I say, have a nice night, Ben. It's been nice knowing you. Let me go and enjoy the fact that I liked this show rather than fighting about what Broadway is or what it should be or whatever it was. So I hang up the phone and this flash goes through my mind. Oh no. So I'm checking the Broadway grosses and Amazing Grace is not doing well. I don't have to be 
you know, you didn't have to be a rocket scientist to know that it wasn't going to do well because, again, hello, lack of marketing. Um, but also, I just checked the grosses and they're they're not they're not doing tip top shape. And I've checked again since then and they're declining. You know, not a heavy decline, but they weren't doing great to begin with. So any kind of decline is not good when you're in the fifty percent range, right? Okay, fine. So. I can kind of see the writing on the wall of what is going to happen when Amazing Grace closes, and I'm really upset about it, which is why I've just babbled on explaining all of this to you guys for the last, whatever, 10 minutes, something like that. Um, And it's that my fear is, well, before Amazing Grace opened, my friend Matthew said to me, you know what's going to happen? And I said, what? And he said, Amazing Grace is going to close, and then everyone is going to complain that Broadway doesn't like religious shows and blah, blah, blah. And you know what? He's 100% right. And it's going to be worse because of people like my stepfather who have this misconception that Broadway was whatever whatever he thinks it was. All uh, I don't even, I can't even think of a show of what he thinks it was. Whatever he thinks it was. And, and the problem is... The show is not going to close because it's a religious show. It's going to close because, first of all, they did not market to the correct people. And I will go on record as saying that as my definitive opinion about why the show is going to close. If you're not marketing to the crazy theater fans when you know you have a Tony nominee and other fabulous performers in your show and you're not marketing to the religious people when you know that your subject matter is religious in its nature who are you marketing to they don't have any ads in their playbills i know this because i look at playbills every day while i'm making my flowers they don't have ads around in like the sides of the trash cans and the phone booths and all those things they, I have never seen even one Amazing Grace ad anywhere. They don't have ads online, or at least they're not marketed to my Facebook, which they should be, since, again, hello, target audience. So that is always uh, a conundrum for me, and I, I did a whole podcast about that when we were talking about something rotten, where it was just like, why are you not marketing to me? I am your perfect audience member. Please send your marketing my way so I can be enticed to buy tickets to your show. Um, But anyway, so that is my concern. And I know what they're going to say. The entire religious right is going to be up in arms and say that Broadway is full of heathen gays who hate Jesus. And that's why we can't have a religious Broadway show that will succeed. To which I say, bubkiss. Bubkiss, bubkiss, bubkiss. Because that is not true at all. There are plenty of shows that have religious characters that succeed. There are plenty of shows that have religious elements that succeed. But you may, well, they're missing them. Because like, like The Color Purple, for example, which is coming back. The Color Purple overall was a success. I know it's not still open, even though it's reopening. But it it was an extremely religious-based show. Even though the story had other elements, which I think is important, the characters were highly religious in it. Highly religious. And, I mean, Celie prays non-stop in the show. They go to church. The opening scene is church ladies and a preacher, and it's wonderful and inspiring and just, like, 
your soul sings. And the people who performed in The Color Purple were extremely religious people. They, I mean, you should see them at every curtain call. They were just praising Jesus and having a good time, which, great, good, good, do what you do. If you look in the playbill every day, every playbill, at least one person in every Broadway show is thanking God or Jesus or, you know, the man upstairs or whatever they like to say for being in this Broadway show. So there are a gajillion religious people on Broadway. There are a gajillion shows that have religious elements. Jesus Christ Superstar, hello. Um, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I mean, any of these things. And they all have other elements. Are these shows better than Amazing Grace? Probably. I don't want to say yes or no because I'm not in a mindset to decide that right now. I actually... I actually really liked Amazing Grace, so I don't know. But, you know, it had flaws, but I think it could have succeeded past its flaws if they would have just marketed to the correct people. And I feel like a broken record saying these things, but I really don't want to hear it from the religious right. That's that's what this ultimately comes down to. And I know I'm probably preaching to the choir because anyone who's listening to this, again, other than my mother, is a theater fan and you are probably not a part of the religious right. But if by some weird happenstance, someone is listening to this who is an extremely religious person that considers themselves a part of that Republican base of people who like to bash on everyone who's not exactly like them, open your ears for a second. The fact of the matter is, this is a new type of Broadway show. It's different and it can be exciting, but it will close before you think it should. And the reason it's closing is not because Broadway people do not like Jesus. In fact, in the way that they act, in the radical nature of our being, in the long hair and the hanging out with prostitutes and whatever else part of Jesus, we're probably more similar and accepting the way that he was. So Broadway people don't hate Jesus. Broadway people hate people who shove Jesus down their throat. And Amazing Grace doesn't do that, I don't think. I mean, it is it is very heavy-handed in its religion, but it's also beautiful, and it's about people and their souls and being saved and not necessarily saved by Jesus, just saved from slavery. I mean, I hate to give it away, but like, that's the history of it because it's based on a true story. Um, so I don't know. I feel like I've just ranted for however many minutes this is, but if you have anything to say about this or about anything similar to this, or if you are a part of the religious right and you want to send me hate mail because I have received hate mail from religious right people before when my brother was in rent, shout out to the Westboro Baptist Church who came and protested our tiny little school production of Rent. Why? I don't know, but y'all are crazy. Anyway, if you want to talk to me, if you want to be on the podcast and discuss theater with me, if you want to have a little fun, if you want to ask questions, if you want to give comments, I have an email address for that. It's houseseatspodcast at gmail.com. And I am more than uh, happy to read your comments on my next podcast or answer your questions or just have you babble with me. So in conclusion, I'm sorry that Amazing Grace will have to close. They haven't announced closing yet or anything. I'm just, you know, feeling out the inevitable. I'm sorry that it has to close and I hope some people try to give it a shot. They're probably really cheap tickets because they're doing so poorly. Hate to say that, but it's not a bad show. It's good enough that Karen and I have discussed going a second time because it was beautiful and it it deserves to run a little longer if maybe they just 
knew what they were doing. It, it just really sounds like they're newbies on Broadway. I've never done a Broadway show before. The actors have. I'm talking about the production team. Or the producers, rather, not the production team. Um, the producers don't really know what to do. They really should just call up the TV stations that are based in wherever the religious people are in the South and, and just sing Amazing Grace with that big old chorus and you will get some tickets sold, my friends. I firmly believe that. All right. HouseSeatsPodcast at gmail.com. Send me some messages. Let's talk. Let's do something. School starts soon, so we'll have more to say. Bye.